0: Hello LifeBridge family and friends. We are grateful that once again you have tuned in and you are allowing us to minister to you. Whether you are watching this video or if you are listening to our podcast, we're grateful for this opportunity. We're in a series called Core 52 and uh, this is week 42 of this series and it's all about change. Uh, The topic is radical change. When you think about your life, your life from being brought into this world to this moment has been nothing but change. You know, one of the best books I've read to this, I'm actually rereading it now, is James Clear, Atomic Habits. And as you could probably surmise, this book speaks in great detail to the habits that make up our lives. Our lives are made up of tiny habits that shape our behavior. Some of these habits are not so healthy, and uh, we probably all know that. We probably try to hide that. Some of these habits are, are really good. Clear goes into great detail about how we can make simple changes to our life that will lead to better, more fruitful habits that will help you live a healthier, financially sound, relationally vibrant life. You can have all of that just by changing the habits that shape your behavior. I talk about change a lot in our church culture, not the organization so much, but personal change. I believe that as followers of Jesus, our number one goal should be to live a life that is under continual change. The change is one that moves us from the wretched sinners that, that we are to the very image of Jesus. There, there's several scriptures that speak to us morphing from this old creation to a new creation in Jesus. Second uh, Corinthians 3.18, for example, Paul writes, so all of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of God. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like Him as we are changed into His glorious image. This language speaks to this continual change that is taking place. And as a human, our lives are literally in a continual state of change. Uh, You think about being around a newborn and, and how innocent and how sweet and everything that comes with a newborn Uh, which is exactly what I was just 47 years ago, and now look, uh, it's continual change. Uh, My weight fluctuates, I get bigger, I get a little bit smaller, my hair is, is, is continually changing colors, but so is my behavior, so are my habits. With that said, how can we be intentional about the change that takes place in our lives? Change is naturally going to happen, but how can we be intentional about the change that takes place in our lives, especially in my relationships with God and with one another? Well, Romans 12, two, this is our core verse. That's actually a verse I used last week and I use it a lot. Romans 12, two says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Simple enough, right? Be transformed by the renewal of your mind. So to undergo change, to for change to take place, our minds need to be renewed. We, we can't argue that. And, and I know that, and I, I've talked about this a lot, As a matter of fact, I told our sermon team just the other day, there's a component to transformation that I personally have not spent much time considering. I personally, I know this, I have not taught on the first part of verse two. For me, the focus has always been on the renewal of the mind. That's what leads to radical change in lives. But back up with me one verse. Let's read Romans 12, 1 and 2 together and see what Paul is saying to us. He starts, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Verse two, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Hey, Paul gives us two commands that cannot be overlooked before the renewal of the mind takes place. These commands are tied together. In verse one, he says, present your bodies to God as a living sacrifice, meaning my life, God, belongs to you. I I want your ways, Lord, to be my ways. I want your words to be my words. I want your thoughts to be my thoughts. As Christians, we've gotta proclaim over and over again. It's daily. Lord, my life belongs to you, and I'm willing to sacrifice The things of this world, the influences of this world, I'm willing to sacrifice as I live day to day. And then the beginning part of verse two, do not be conformed to this world. I love how the New Century Version says it. Do not let your lives be shaped by this world. We must stop letting the world shape our thoughts, shape our speech, shape our behaviors. We must stop letting the world tell us what is okay and what is not okay. Church, if you're sitting here today and you feel as though you have not experienced radical change for Jesus in your life, you feel as though you just keep falling into the same traps of sin over and over and over again, I've got to ask you, are you making a serious effort to not follow the customs and behaviors of this world? From our essay this week, Mark Moore writes, bottom line, transformation requires non-conformity. If you want to change your life, you must first change your friends. Changing friends requires changing your environment. Changing your environment requires changing your priorities. For some, this means a difficult breakup. For others, it requires quitting a team or a job. For some, it will even necessitate, necessitate, that's easy for me to say, for some, it will even necessitate a move. Is a new life worth the sacrifice of radical reorientation? Most times in my life, and. In, in most Christian circles, when it comes to taking my faith seriously, where I take on new disciplines. The moments in life where I try to focus on Jesus more. Hey, I'm gonna read my Bible more. I'm gonna pray more, I'm gonna, I'm gonna journal more. A, a, a lot of times these efforts are often in vain because I try to add these disciplines on top of everything else that I'm doing. I don't cut out elements of this world that shape my thoughts and behaviors. And Mark is Dr. Moore is making this this point. Radical change requires that we cut out things of this world. We have to be willing to say no to things, and it, it takes great effort. So the key to radical change is making a concerted effort to cut out or to stop completely the worldly influences. Paul instructs us in Colossians that we're to put to death these things. I have an acquaintance of mine who is actively involved with the Boy Scouts of America. And and they would go on hikes and they would teach survival skills. And one of the things on a particular hike as we're talking about some of these things. Um, he would always say this about if you get lost, this is the first thing you do. So if you're in the woods and you're hiking and you get lost, you, get, you, you lose your way the first thing you need to do is stop. That's right. Quit wandering aimlessly, hoping that you will suddenly become not lost. And if you are lost, quit walking aimlessly. And and I think about that when it comes to my faith journey. There have been a lot of long seasons of life where I've just been walking aimlessly. I don't feel that there's a true connection to God. I don't feel that there's major change taking place when it comes to the promises of scripture and what God says he can and will do in our lives. I fall back into a lot of the same traps. And the deal is my routine, I'm just wandering aimlessly. So that's some pretty sound advice. If you feel the same way sometimes on your faith journey. Stop going in the direction you are currently headed. Stop doing the things you are doing to feel the way you are feeling. So, how do I fight the worldly influences that will lead to radical change in my life? And I'm so grateful that Mark Moore included four things for us in his book, I want to start with Second Corinthians 5:14 through 15. Second Corinthians 5:14 through 15. Either way, Christ's love controls us. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we have all died to our old life. He died for everyone so that those who receive His new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. Let me ask you this question based on what Paul says. Do you wake up every day? Do you do you live for Christ? I mean, is that your goal today? When I wake up and I get my day started, I'm going to live for Christ, or are you really still living for yourself? Like, I mean, we, we have to think through that because your part in radical change It begins with this premise. Jesus has given me new life, new life in him. I can no longer live for me. This is the same thought as Romans 12, 1. Offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. Our journey to radical change, the change of becoming like Jesus, starts here. I'm going to live for him you becoming like Jesus, the radical change we're talking about, it does not happen if you're not willing to take this step. If if you think you can just keep living the way you're living and change is gonna happen, it's not going to. We have to do our part. And so as we fight culture's influence, Mark Moore gives us four things. I wanna share these with you. Number one is scripture if you're gonna no longer conform to the pattern of this world, if you're gonna fight the influence of culture in your life, you need these four things. Number one, scripture. This cannot be stressed enough. Scripture has to have a greater role in our lives. And, and I don't know, I've, I'm part of the problem. I, I don't like to read, I don't wanna read. Uh, I've got to to figure out ways to make the word of God more active and have a more active role in my life because it's so important. Look at these two passages um, in the Bible, about the Bible, talking about the Bible, right? 2 Timothy 3, verses 15 through 17. Paul writes, you have been taught the Holy Scriptures from childhood and they have given you the wisdom to receive the salvation that comes by trusting in Jesus Christ. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and it teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. Think about what that passage just said about the Bible. The word of God, it's inspired by God. It's useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong. It teaches us what to do, uh, teaches us to do what is right. And then the last one in verse 17, God uses it to prepare and equip his people. Another passage, Hebrews 4, Verse 12, for the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Church, I'm telling you, when we get into the word of God and we make it an active part of our routine, not just a daily quiet time but we are feasting on the word of God. We're listening to it when we drive to work. When this thing is playing a part of my life, it will expose my innermost thoughts. It will expose the thoughts that I hide. It will reveal who I really am and it will set me free. The second thing that God gives us is music. What we listen to is a bigger deal than most of us realize. Even if you are a non-music lover like me, we are wired to respond to music. Music affects our mood. Singing is one of the things that we're going to do in eternity. Whether you like music or not, get ready. We are going to be singing in eternity. Music is going to have a big role to play in what we're doing when we get to heaven. The world it's taking music and it's using it As part of the spiritual warfare that we face, I'm telling you, parents, you need to to monitor what your kids are listening to because it's impacting. It's impacting their mood. It's impacting their attitude. It's impacting their behavior. It's spiritual warfare God is using, uh, I mean, the world is using uh, to fight against your kids. God created music, though. It's a tremendous gift that needs to be incorporated into our lives no matter what style of praise and worship you prefer. And if you like just the acapella stuff, if you like the old stuff banged out on an organ, if you like the modern stuff that's got just all kinds of instruments, it doesn't matter. Songs of praise flowing into our ears, into our minds, and into our hearts will help fight the customs of this world. The third thing Mark Moore talks about is service this is so important service is all about giving of self service takes time and it takes energy consistent acts of service help us to fight off the customs of this world because of that very thing we got to give time we've got to give our energy And, and when i'm serving other people i'm not going to fall into the traps of the world The Living Bible paraphrases a proverb like like this. Idle hands are the devil's workshop. Man, when you're serving, there's two things that are gonna be taking place. Number one, you are offering your body as a living sacrifice. You are using your life to give back to God by loving people, by serving people. And the number two thing, you're not idle. That's why service is so important. And then the fourth thing God gives us is fellowship. This isn't the church-wide potluck dinner. You know, we got a big dessert fellowship thing coming up at church, and I'm ready for that thing to take place, but that's not what we're talking about here. It's part of it, but that's not the thing. God has given us one another to walk through life together. The people in our circles of life will influence us if we're not careful. And we need people around us who are like-minded, who will hold us accountable, and will encourage us when we stumble. In our essay this week, he write, Mark Moore writes, our commitment to family, team, unit, or community causes us to conform to the values of those we value. Wow, what a statement. Causes us to conform to the values of those we value. I've heard Ed Salter in our church use this verse often. And I was reminded of it this past week at Sermon Team uh, by, by Katrina. Uh, one of the ladies in our church. 1 Corinthians 15, Don't be fooled by those who say such things. For bad company corrupts good character. We are prone to take on the behaviors of those around us. We need a group of people that we can lean on who will be positive influencers in our lives. Because crowds are great for inspiration, but groups are effective for transformation. At church, hey, we're hip to hip. In rows, at homes, we're face to face in circles transformation will take place in groups. That's why we stress life groups and living life together. So those are the four things that help us fight the cultural influences of the world. Those elements need to be part of our life daily. We need people daily. We need to be serving as much as we can. We need to watch and, and pay attention to the music and to what we're listening to, and we certainly need the word of God spoken into our lives often so let me give you five quick things to take some practical next steps if you are wanting to experience radical change number one radical change begins with a relationship with God okay it doesn't happen the relationship with God is where we receive the Holy Spirit Holy Spirit marks us guarantees us is gonna walk with us through life but that begins by saying, Lord, I want you in my life. The number two thing that has already taken place is to identify one area. Don't don't try to eat the whole elephant at once. One area. One area of your life that needs to be changed. The thing that's keeping me from becoming like Jesus. Maybe it's gossip. Maybe, Maybe you're just harsh toward other people Maybe it is a serious addiction that you are facing. Identify one area that the world has influenced in your life. If you don't know where to begin, ask a friend. Say, what's one thing about me that needs to change that would help me to become more like Jesus? The third thing, this one area, this matter, becomes a prayer focal point. I don't know what your prayer life is like. It doesn't have to be formal. It doesn't have to use a lot of big words. You just need to pray about this thing and then you need to pray about it some more and then you need to pray about it more, okay? You're not going to do this alone. We're going to ask the Holy Spirit to help us overcome what needs to to be overcome in our lives, to put to death the acts of the sinful nature. The fourth thing is tell someone, or tell some people about this area of change and ask for accountability. I can't come to you and say, hey, I wanna hold you accountable. You're the one that has to ask for accountability. You're the one that has to come to a friend, somebody in your life group, somebody in your world, and say, I'm struggling with this spiritual warfare. I need help overcoming it. God tells us, I mean, he's created us to be in relationship with people so this is where a discipling relationship is so important we are transformed simply by positioning ourselves amid the faithful people <clears throat> the fifth and final thing second part of Romans 12 says that we are to be transformed by the renewal of our mind and that that's part of the equation We can't just say no to the world. We need to say no to the world. But when we start saying no to the TV shows that we watch, to the music that we listen to, to the amount of time that we just spend aimlessly surfing and being on the internet, when we start saying no to those things, suddenly we have time. What are we going to fill it with? We are to be transformed by the renewal of our mind. If you listened last week, we talked about freedom in Christ. And Romans 8 talks about this. Romans eight chapter, uh, Romans chapter eight, verse five, those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. Church, if you want radical change in your life, must let the spirit control your mind. You must feed your mind that which is beneficial. Cut back on the influences of this world. Start incorporating the word of God. Start incorporating spiritual conversations with other people. Start incorporating more music that honors and praises God for who he is, you're going to start to see radical change. And I make this guarantee to you as this starts to happen, Satan's going to push back. He's going to turn up the temperature of temptations. He's, he's, going, to, he's going to try harder. The journey is not going to be easy. He's comfortable where you are, he likes. Where you are. But the journey of radical change leads to tremendous benefits. One of those we talk about next week. One of the benefits of, of being transformed is the last part of Romans 12:2 that you may discern what is the will of God. So, church, we're going to talk about that one next week. Hope you guys have a great week. As always, if I can help you experience radical change, if I can be part of the process that leads to change, reach out to us and let us know. Until then, we'll see you.